Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Amba out. The last words he said on a court after his last game with the Los Angeles Lakers. And he went out the way legends go out with a 60-point game in his final NBA contest, something that will live on forever. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline, many of them helping us remember the late, great Kobe Bryant. If you're watching this morning on ESPN2, you will see uh, that Key is decked out with the number 8 Kobe, middle of his chest, number 24 on his left sleeve for, of course, Kobe's uniform number, and on the right sleeve, the number 2 for Kobe's daughter, Gigi. Kobe, Gigi, seven others dying in that helicopter crash one year ago today. Michael Eves from SportsCenter is going to join us here in just a moment. He was on the air with me the day it happened, and he covered the Lakers for many years in key. I just want to bring up something that Michael had told me that really resonated with me having been in Los Angeles to cover some of Kobe's greatest moments. And this is something you've actually said on the show when we have discussed Kobe Bryant on occasion, and we'll discuss him in detail this morning. And Michael said to me that day, he goes, you have to understand this, and you can't understand this unless you're in Los Angeles which is to say that there will never be an athlete that is more linked with the city that he played in than Kobe. More than Michael in Chicago, more than Tom in Boston, more than anybody you could think of. Those are the ones at the top. Because obviously those two guys went on to play for different franchises. And yes, of course, Kobe was drafted by Charlotte and his draft rights were traded to the Lakers. But he goes, you can't understand the pull of the city Kobe and L.A. are like one. They are attached at the hip. They are intertwined like no other player and no other city. And key, I mean, it's your city. You're a hardcore Laker fan. And when Michael said that, I said, I knew, I knew they were connected, but to that level. Yeah, to, and, and you mentioned other great athletes, but the, the Kobe thing is so crazy because my body just got chills. But mm-hmm. the Kobe thing is just different. It's a different... It's a different animal, man. It's one of those situations where, yeah, we didn't draft him per se, right? But we drafted him. He never took it's a, a lifelong, life. yeah. He never took a shot for yeah. uh, Charlotte. So when you think about it, through whatever it is, the great, the, the bad shots in Utah to the championship oh, shots man. later on, we watched him grow. Was there every single moment? of his NBA career on and off the court. So it's like he is ours in Los Angeles. And it's interesting, Jay, because prior to LeBron James coming to the Lakers, I was one of the first people, as wild as it could be, no, we don't want him. I don't want LeBron James. Because? Because of Kobe Bryant. Like, I was one of those people that said, no, I don't want LeBron James. Mm. I don't give a damn who he is. I don't want him. And LeBron is a friend of mine. But I didn't (laughs) want him because of the threat to the Kobe Bryant legacy. It's Mm. the threat of that, right? It was just that I don't want him coming there. I don't know what it was. It it was one of those feelings, Jay. It's like, nah, man. He cool. Let him stay in Cleveland. <laughs> he cool. He can play in Cleveland. This legacy's okay without Bron. Now, I, no, I get it, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. nah, man, because uh-uh, you're so entrenched in who Kobe Bryant is. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, think about it, man. There's not a lot of players in the NBA or any other sport 
that you pay to go see. Mm-hmm. You, you, when Kobe Bryant rolls into town, you pay to go see Kobe Bryant. Right. Yeah, he's with the Lakers, but I'm going to see that dude. You know, if it's a preseason game and he's going to get 20 minutes, I'm going to see him. So, you know, it, it, it's that's just the way it is. It's not a it's not a lot of athletes that's linked to their cities that's like that. I would say, Key, that the beautiful thing about that feeling that you had about not wanting LeBron James for that instant of a moment, right? Because that's Kobe, is that ultimately Kobe Bryant wasn't insecure with his own legacy to hinder that, right? Uh, Kobe Bryant, in a way, opened the door for LeBron James to come to L.A., which speaks to volumes about how Kobe thought about this organization and where you thought potentially Kobe's role was within the organization moving forward, you know, as a potential owner or whatever his involvement would be. I mean, his fingerprints are still all over this thing. I mean, that championship that they won last year, I think that's why it was so special. I I think Kobe saw something in LeBron. You know, a lot of people say, oh, LeBron's trying to go different places. Kobe saw a leader in LeBron. You know, a guy that will be willing to carry the weight. Not a lot of players have those shoulders, man, that can carry the weight of what comes along with being a Laker, that responsibility, uh, the heaviness of trying to win a championship. And when LeBron James made that move, he fulfilled that last year. And you felt that even with the way LeBron James handled, you know, his speech to the uh, Staples Center about the loss of Kobe. So if that's Rob Palenka, a guy that was Kobe Bryant's agent being in a position that he's in right now, and all these things have happened because Kobe opened that door. And uh, it's really incredible to see. Let's run through just what happened in the last 24 to 48 hours of his life because I want to get your thoughts on this because the amount of things that happened that you have to start looking at yourself and saying, was it kismet? Was it meant to be? Let's just think about this. The day before Kobe Bryant died, he died on a Sunday. Saturday night, nationally televised game. The Lakers are playing the Philadelphia 76ers. I want to tell this quick story before we, yes, get to Michael Eaves. Here's the thing. They're playing in Philly. Kobe's adopted home city. LeBron is 18 points away from passing Kobe on the all-time scoring list to move into third on the all-time scoring list. He does it. After the game, Kobe tweets... And he's got the avatar where it's like a young Kobe Bryant. It's so sad to look at him. I'm looking at it right now like a young Kobe. Continuing to move the game forward, King James. Much respect to my brother. With the emoji with like the big bicep. Hashtag 33,644. That allowed him to pass Kobe Bryant. 24 hours after that tweet was sent, Kobe Bryant was gone. For more, let's welcome in Michael Leaves. Michael, you spent so many years in Los Angeles covering Kobe Bryant. We're thinking about our memories of him. And you had mentioned to me when we were doing coverage of Kobe's uh, death on SportsCenter a year ago today, and I just mentioned a key. You had mentioned there is no athlete that is inextricably linked with their city like Kobe is with Los Angeles. You imparted that on the audience and myself on that day. I just wonder a year later what your thoughts are. Um, yeah, that, and it's absolutely true. Zubin, because of everything that Kobe was and how complex of a city that Los Angeles is. Most people outside of L.A., when you think of the Lakers and their fans, they think of, you know, Jack Nicholson and the and Millionaire's Row courtside. But there's also the people up top. 
You know, there's also the people from East L.A. or from South L.A. And he spoke to all of those people in a way that the connection was deeper than any other athlete. I mean, post-game, oftentimes he's doing um, interviews in Spanish, right? So he, he had this effect on the city deeper than any other athlete did. And it was also because of his work ethic, right? Like, no one worked the way Kobe did. I mean, everyone loved Shaq, but a lot of people thought Shaq didn't work hard enough when he was with the Lakers. That's why some Laker fans, especially those uh, – Guys and girls up in the very top of the arena didn't connect to him the way they did for Kobe. And that connection was so deep and it went well beyond his playing days. And that's why, you know, when I was, when we were um, doing that live coverage a year ago, I was trying to, you know, bring that local perspective of Los Angeles to everyone watching this national, well, international story is that this is a gut punch to the city of Los Angeles and all the people who who root for the Lakers there because of that connection that he had. And, you know, the more I think about it, uh, Zubin, it's just, it's even sadder. It's just such a tragic story all around with Kobe, his daughter, and the other individuals that were on that helicopter that day. It's just a gut punch. Like the only way I can describe how devastating that was. What do you remember about Michael Kobe's 81 point showing uh, in the game that he scored 81 points? You know, Key, I was there for that game, and, you know, that was during a stretch where Kobe was he was scoring a lot because, quite frankly, the team needed to. And, but this one had a different buildup to it, right? It was like, you know, he was, he was scoring, but he wasn't, like, going stupid, stupid, and all of a sudden he just started building. I remember at halftime I went to visit some friends, and then so, like, as the third quarter was starting, I was kind of watching the game. I kind of wasn't watching, and then I looked up, and I could see the points just starting to, like, creep up, creep up, creep up. I was like, oh, this dude's about to do something insane. I was like, I got to go. So then I go watch it, and then, like, literally every time down the floor, you were just anticipating not him scoring key, but from where he was going to score. Is it going to be a three? Is it going to be in the corner? Is it going to be at the rim? Like, it was just an amazing spectacle to watch as it just continued to just keep growing, and the crowd was getting – louder every time he scored you look at toronto they're like we have nothing to stop this man (laughs) from scoring it was literally one of the more remarkable athletic things i've ever witnessed in my life you know mike um this has been a tough year for a lot of people a lot of uh, lives have been lost and my thing is with kobe i'd rather celebrate his life uh for the legacy that he's left on the game and that mamba mentality is there a story that you heard about kobe that you probably didn't already know uh, that where it kind of left you chills or it, it changed your mindset about who he was or what kind of impact he left on the game? Well, let's be fair. Like when, when you tell the story of someone's life, especially when they, when they die tragically and unexpectedly, we, we always want to say, you know, the great things about them. But at times Kobe was a jerk. There's no question about that. He was a jerk at times. He did some things that, you know, as he evolved, he, he didn't, Quill feel quite as good about clearly and that's what we all do we all evolve as human beings and look back on our past and say we should have done this should have done that but the impact that he had on certain people um jay it's kind of hard to describe and and some of the players on that team i'll take sasha vujic for example right sasha was a punching bag for kobe bryant for a couple of years a couple of years. He just went relentless <laughs> at Sasha. And to the point where Sasha was on the verge of tears sometimes uh, in practice after games. But that was Kobe's way of trying to get him to a level that Kobe saw of himself that Sasha didn't see. And then years later, years later, I remember talking to Sasha about uh, when he'd gone to another team. and other things. He said, the best thing that ever happened to me was coming to play for the Lakers. I'm like, yeah, everybody wants to play for the Lakers. He's like, no, nah. Kobe beat the sh- for a while. Mm. 
that right there is what defined Kobe in terms of how he wanted other people to see themselves. And if they just put in the work, they could achieve greatness that they didn't see for themselves. And Sasha is a good example of that. Like he would not have been the player he was. and However long his career was, he said it would not have lasted as long if not for Kobe Bryant. How about that? That's an amazing perspective. Sasha nearly shedding tears. There were many tears shed a year ago today. And we should just mention, you know, Michael does a great job on SportsCenter. He's also all over our UFC coverage. And UFC is all about toughness and grit. And I think those might be two amazing words to remember the legacy of Kobe Bryant. Toughness and grit, whether it's pulling it out of Sasha or it's taking him to the next level. I appreciate you waking up early this morning and giving us your perspective, Michael. Great to catch up with you. Thanks, Mike. No problem, guys. All Take right, care. Mike. Ah, he was already up. <laughs> Zubin, I just want you to know, now I, uh, Mike is the second person to drop the S-bomb. And I didn't hear the same S uproar from you guys when it happened that I heard the first time with me. What's up with that? Well, he's a veteran at this job. Ah, bra, bra, Keyshawn. <laughs> we'll continue to honor the life of Kobe Bryant throughout the course of the morning. Ramona Shelburne, who is as close to him as any reporter, will join us at 9, 10 a.m. Hold on. Uh-oh. Eastern time. Uh-oh. HR's looking for you, Jay. You dropped the bomb. <laughs> I didn't drop it this time. I'm in the back seat, chilling. If you're you're up in Bristol, it's Building 13. It's quite the hike, but just going to get you squared away for that. Spike Lee, the Academy Award winner and huge basketball fan. Remember, he did the uh, documentary on Kobe, Kobe doing work. Remember all that? Uh So Spike is going to join us at 9.30 a.m. Eastern as we roll on this morning, remembering the life of the late, great Kobe Bryant on ESPN Radio and streaming anywhere you go on the ESPN app. If they want to move, we might be able to bring him to L.A., though, for the Lakers. Him, LeBron, A.D., that's your whole team in cap space. Yeah, but that's all you need in a bunch of me's and you's. Hey, look, me's is different than you's. You better stop putting us in the same category. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And, of course, if you've been with us throughout the course of the season, you know Key's real rankings are essentially we need to give Ooh. Key a second to catch his breath. Man, you went so long, long, I think we need to go to break. A, a long read. Is the segment yeah. over already? No. <laughs> Um, so normally it's Key's Real Rankings, <laughs> ranking teams, right, from 6 to 1 or 7 to 1 or whatever arbitrary number Key comes up with. Today the You're arbitrary number. <laughs> Those 60-second reads, man. Man, <laughs> It's all good. Go get them wedding hunter flowers, though, dog. Do it Let's for do your it. girl. Do it for your girl. Um, so here we go. Today's Real Rankings, since we only have one game left, is going to be on quarterbacks that are going to be available by hook or crook any way you can get them. Because as Key said, if you want out, you can get out. Some are available. Some are available if you do a little bit of digging. So Key's top six quarterbacks available. Here we go, starting with number six. 
You know, I believe in Cam Newton. I think that the situation in New England was so dire with no real skill position players around him. They struggled all year long. He struggled to find his form in the passing game, but by no means is he done as a top-shelf quarterback in the NFL. I think he could get back to form. I've seen movies like this before. Right landing spot, right tools, right players around him. You could see him with the Washington football team, which would be very, very Interesting at number six. So he would go from the NFC East to the AFC East. Speaking of the latter, number five currently residing in the AFC East as well. Look, he's not quite available yet, but he is available depending on what the Jets are looking for in Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's a young, talented guy that was drafted in the position he was drafted in because the New York Jets at the time felt like his ability to do some things on the run, perimeter in terms of throwing the football, doing those sort of things, getting some players around him, being a leader. I think you will get a fantastic player in Sam Darnold. As long as the New York Jets understand that, don't just throw him away. If you hire the right offensive coaches and the right head coach, which you did, I think he could have a bright future in New York. But just in case you want to get rid of him, he can land somewhere pretty for somebody. At number four, Mike Tannenbaum, our front office insider, said this yesterday. He could not imagine how many people around the league are so disappointed, especially in San Francisco, with how this guy has done with this team. Look, it's not as big a disappointment, I think, as people want to try to make it out to be. I think people, for some reason, the Jimmy G sex appeal has gone away. It was San Francisco going to the Super Bowl, watching him not deliver the ball at times in the Green Bay game, in the NFC Championship game, and then again in the divisional round against the Minnesota Vikings when they took the football out of his hands. That kind of was the start of the demise for Jimmy Garoppolo, and then they lose the Super Bowl. The guy led him to the Super Bowl. Then they lose the Super Bowl. So I think John Lynch along with Kyle Shanahan, has some decisions to make at the quarterback spot. What do they want to do with that? Because I think Jimmy G is capable of being a managing-style quarterback in the National Football League. Let's face it, he did have some success. Everything wasn't all failure. No. Speaking of getting to the Super Bowl and losing it in devastating fashion, key number three. Matt Ryan, big Matty Ice. I, I like Matt Ryan not only as a quarterback but as a person. I think if he lands in the right spot again, you can start to see him have some success at that position. He struggled along with the Atlanta Falcons this year, and he hasn't been the same style quarterback since losing Kyle Shanahan after that Super Bowl when Coach Shanahan left to go to the San Francisco 49ers. That could be a reunion for Matt Ryan back to San Francisco. He'll regain his form. They got a bunch of young, talented, skill position players over there. Matty Ice could be on the block. Number two, every single guy Key has mentioned at this point might be moved. Number two, if you believe what people are saying, and that's a leap in the NFL, you never know, this guy is going to be on the move. Well, it's, it's not a leap. The Detroit Lions, as well as Matthew Stafford, have come to an agreement to shop him this offseason. And, and Matthew Stafford is a quarterback that, if he stays healthy, could be one of the top quarterbacks out there for a team next year. Uh, a guy, every single year he shows up, he throws for tons and tons of yards. But they never make it to the playoffs. They never win. He doesn't have all of the necessary tools around him. I think they were on the right move with Jim Caldwell several years ago before they went to somebody that came from New England. So I'll leave that alone. But when you think about it, he's a hell of a quarterback. And if somebody can get him out there, they got themselves a steal for the next three to four years. And apparently the reporting says Matt Patricia is returning to New England in some sort of consultant role. I said leave it alone. You mentioned his name. Sorry about it. At number one, 
let's be realistic. Rodgers is not realistic. Number one is the number one guy everyone covers. And, and you mentioned it. Aaron Rodgers is not realistic. I want to be as real as possible here. Aaron Rodgers has yet to really add the fire. I mean, I know he mentioned it, but Deshaun Watson is uh, uh, liking uh, people's Twitter accounts and Instagrams. He was seen and spotted throughout the tri-state area in New York. He's moving around. There's there's a lot of smoke, right? There's a whole bunch of smoke around him, so that means there's a fire somewhere in terms of the Texans. They botched the hiring of Eric Bieniemy, or hiring in general of a head coach. So I think that even adds more frustration to Deshaun Watson. And then it's out there. It's it's out there in the circles, whether it's Adam Shefty reporting it or some other network reporting it. It's out there. Somebody's saying something in that camp of Deshaun Watson, and it's well known. And, and they're going to start fielding calls as, as, as soon as they can to figure out what people want to do to try to get their star quarterback. It's a shame that the Texans have botched this so much. It's a damn Shame. It's like 101 on how not to do things. They're like, going to have dude, like college courses on it. How not to do it. They're interviewing <laughs> anybody that want to be interviewed. They interviewed Josh McCown. Yeah. And then tried to sell it to us like it's a good idea. People really, really were selling the Josh McCown interviews like it was a good idea. Like, stop. We'll see. All right, so Jay, on the other side, we got to sell this segment on the other half. He just gave us the six guys that he thinks are the most available and most coveted when they become available. The second half of this equation, of course, is, well, where do they land, right? That's the fun part of this, and you get the fun part of this. Again, key going in reverse order. Cam 6, Darnold 5, Jimmy G 4, Matt Ryan 3, Stafford 2, Deshaun Watson One, let's start from front to back. Here we go to try to figure out where these dudes will land. Cam, what do you think? I actually agree with Key on Cam. I I think a reunion with Ron Rivera for the Washington football team, considering Alex Smith played great this year, but you don't know if he's durable throughout the course of his career with that injury. And I would love to see Cam in the NFC East with that defense that they have. I think it could be really dynamic uh, connection between him and Ron Rivera. Is Sam going anywhere? Excuse me? I didn't Sam, hear what you said. Sam Darnold going anywhere, do you think? Oh, we're going, oh, going down to five? Um, yeah. yeah I, I, look, I, I think Sam Darnold probably ends up staying with the Eagles, but for the sake of this, Aki, what do you think about him going to Pittsburgh? What do you think about him being a successor to Ben Roethlisberger and, and, and playing within that scheme? Obviously, another great defense, a guy that can actually take some time and try to play there. What do you think? You know, Pittsburgh is a, a good spot, landing spot. The problem with Pittsburgh is they just signed Dwayne Haskins. And, and I've seen this before where – and we saw it with the New York Jets when they had all those quarterbacks and Teddy Bridgewater, their choir, and then they moved on from Teddy Bridgewater and moved him to New Orleans. So it could happen. Maybe Pittsburgh would like to trade for him even though they just signed Dwayne Haskins and they get a look at both of them before they make a decision on which one they want to go with. But, you know, the fact that they signed Dwayne Haskins kind of makes me believe, Zubin, that Sam Darnold probably isn't in play in Pittsburgh. I think he probably ends up staying with the current with the Eagles moving forward. You know, I think that's probably going to be the team he's going to end up staying with, Zubin. All right, so we'll see once again. Cam, Darnold, Jimmy G, Ryan, Stafford, and all Sorry, the Jets, I don't know. I'm having brain farts this morning. Sorry. All roads lead to Watson. Hey, man, it was going to Pluto. I was letting it just go. I wasn't going, <laughs> Sorry, man. I wasn't even going to correct you. you said, wasn't going to correct me, no, though. That's it, where you reached the microphone you, and you slapped somebody. No, you right? said it twice, and I was just going to let it go. And 
Just let it go to Pluto, man. It's gone. <laughs> You've been hanging around Boomer too much, which is actually true. Which <laughs> is actually true with the Pluto comment. Let's go to Sports Center and then more Aaron Rodgers discussion with the Super Bowl champion. <laughs> Different shade of here. It happens. LeBron back in section in. Here comes the double team. Follow away. Good again. LeBron has 46. When he hits a fallaway two-pointer from the right-hand Bam! side. Take and that. Michael, this is as good of a performance by LeBron as a Laker as we've oh, seen yeah. yet. That's John Ireland with Michael referencing Michael Thompson on ESPN LA 710. Uh, key, LeBron had 46. It's just something special about court play against your old teams, man. Basketball, football, whatever, you just try to drop it on them. Yeah, LeBron was back in Cleveland. He said he got some home cooking. More on that coming up at 745. A.M. Eastern, by the way, that uh, 40-point game, 46, it's the oldest Laker with a 40-point game since Kobe, who had 60 in his final game, the Mamba out game. couple more notes from the NBA. The Nets over the Heat, big 27 run to break a 85 all-log jam. Kevin Durant filled it up again. James Harden playing out of his mind as well, so they take out the defending Eastern Conference champion and the East and the West, of course, will meet at the All-Star Game. The NBA and the Players Union are talking about it in March. We really still don't know that much about the NBA's second-half schedule. There's a lot of concerns they have to work through there. They're talking about a March 7 game. The league's going to take what they call a mid-season break from the 5th to the 10th of March. If you're wondering, the NBA has postponed 22 regular season games this year. The Grizzlies have missed a ton. The Wizards were basically not on the court for a couple weeks. It's been... Unbelievable as they try to navigate it. The league was seen as such a beacon in how to handle the coronavirus, and right now it's coming back the other way. Sports Center is brought to you by Indeed. Are you hiring? You need Indeed. Indeed immediately delivers quality candidates from their resume database when you upgrade your job post. It's that simple. Receive a $75 sponsored job credit on your first post at indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. That's Bart Scott, co-host of Bart and Han, noon to two Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. And it's hard to argue if that's the guy that's going to be throwing your passes. I think you kind of give him the latitude that he needs. And by the way, speaking in absolutes, Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin together, <laughs> that would be something. There'd be no beating around the bush for those two guys. You get right down to business. ESPN NFL analyst Jeff Saturday joins us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear. More Jeffrey, driven. how are you this morning, sir? What's the word? What's the word, fellas? How y'all living? Good. So here's the word. You're a Super Bowl champion. Aaron Rodgers is a Super Bowl champion. He tried to get back for the first time in a decade. It obviously fell short. So what's the short-term prognosis for Rodgers? Is any of this he's played his last snap in Green Bay talk realistic? Heck no. Man, listen, the Green Bay Packers would be the dumbest franchise in NFL history to let – Aaron Rodgers go. I, that dude's going to have to retire not to be a Packer <laughs> if I'm running the organization. you got the league MVP, the dude who is literally carrying your squad, you know, week after week to two 13 and threes, two NFC championship games, and you're going to let him walk out? No. Like, whatever we got to do, Zub, Key, Jay, like, like everybody knows he's, he's upset about what happened in the draft last year, right? So he held his tongue. He waited. He waited his turn. Finally, he got the chance to lay it out after the game in the NFC Championship game, and he said his piece, man. But at the end of the day, there is absolutely no way I'm letting him out of Green Bay. I mean, just think of it this way. You know, you heard Bart Scott talking about 
if he went to Pittsburgh. Like, name a team that don't want him. Like, like all 32 would probably end up besides well, Kansas City and, and, and maybe Tampa Bay at this point. But other than that, I think everybody's fair game who would want Aaron Rodgers. So as you're looking at him as a whole, everybody wants him to be their quarterback. But there, there is absolutely no way that, he, that, that these guys are going to let him out. If he went to Chicago and goes in and beats up on Green Bay for the next three or four years, the coach and the GM all going to be fired. They're all looking for new jobs. Like, there's just, no, there's just no way. I mean, there's, you know, there is absolutely no way. I would just say, hey, listen, if, if you end up retiring, I'll play the guy that we just drafted who we know is not nearly as good as you, and, you know, that'll be, that'll be the life that we live. But, man, I ain't letting him out of my shop. I know that. You know and I know that things <laughs> have changed in the landscape of empowerment from players in the National Football League taking a page out of the book from the NBA. Uh, we see it somewhat with Deshaun Watson. We've seen it with uh, yeah. Trent Williams this past or last year with the Washington Football Club. What if, I understand you're saying Green Bay, but what if Aaron Rodgers is really tired of dealing with the front office in Green Bay and he simply says, you know what, man, tells his agent, tell him to move me. I don't give a damn. What if that happens? What should they do? Yeah, I, I think I – think, listen, like I said, he's going to have to show me he's willing to retire. The, the one thing that goes against Aaron that, that, like you said, Deshaun has the advantage is age, right? I mean, I mean, you're talking about Deshaun Watson being one of the youngest and, and best quarterbacks in our game who you know on the landscape of the whole has many, many more good years barring some catastrophic injury, Right. From Rodgers' perspective, it's 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 not that the upside as as strong as it is for the next four or five years. Once you kind of get past that, you don't have that same leverage. So, although I love player empowerment, I'm all for it. I'm all for guys voicing their opinion. I'm saying if you're the team sitting on because they got Rodgers locked up, I'm pretty sure until 2024, 2023, maybe 20. So he's got he's. Okay, 2023. So, and, and he's and he's fairly cheap, right? I mean, fr- from their perspective. So, like from Green Bay's perspective, they have set it up perfectly to continue to win, continue to kind of do their thing. I'm just telling you, there ain't no way, man. I, any team he goes to is now a Super Bowl contender, probably a favorite. You know, if you didn't go to AFC, right? So, any team that he goes to, if that team goes and he does a Tom Brady and takes his team to the Super Bowl and wins it, again, all of that reflects back to what the general manager and the and the head coach, you know, allowed, since there's no, quote, owner, right? So Mark Murphy or whatever role he's playing in it. So, so in my opinion, at that perspective, you just got to play the, the, the numbers game, right? As he's, you know, late 30s, how long can he do it? All of those things. Because, again, and I will say this too, Keith, like the, the empowerment part for me is, what what does Green Bay need to do to make him happy? Go do that, right? Like like this guy this guy doesn't complain every year about whatever's not happening on his team. He doesn't he doesn't beat up his teammates. He doesn't beat up the you know the coaching staff and the press. Like what needs to happen? Go make it happen. And and I said the same thing about Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans weeks ago. Like whatever meeting needed to be had, whatever conversations needed, to be, you should be going to do that. Like that's priority one. So when I look at that, that's where I'm going. I'm, I'm, if I'm Matt Lafleur, man. I'm taking him whatever golf course he wants to go to. Let's figure this thing out right now before we move forward. What does all this chatter, though, mean for Matt LaFleur or do to Matt LaFleur for that matter? 
Yeah, listen, I think his coaching record stands for itself, man. I mean, like I know it's with Aaron, but but it's it's hard to look at a guy who's gone to two consecutive NFC championship games. He has played you know, the, the the system changed from McCarthy again. It's with Rogers, so there has to be some level of um you know giving giving to how good Aaron Rodgers is. But the guy is, I mean, he he's he started out hot, man. So he's got a little he's got a little credibility for himself and what he's building in Green Bay. So I don't think you can just, you know, I don't think you can push him out. I don't think you can make that. Uh, those kinds of conversations happen yet because, again, the productivity is there. It would be one thing if he was waffling in. Now, you know, you could use w- w- the call, you know, the, the fourth down field goal. But, again, that that's a that's a real slippery, you know, maybe a 60-40 you go for it, right? I mean, everybody today is going to go for it. But at the time, so but, but how he's led this football team, man, they've done – you know, listen, he stood true to his, we don't need another receiver. And and they played, you know, again, get back to the championship game, do those things. So I, I think I think those two guys, that marriage needs to continue. They'll continue to get better. Again, make Rodgers happy. Maybe that's a new contract. I mean, who knows what you got to, whatever you got to do, get him right, get him feeling good about the organization, that they're committed to him as much as he he's committed to you. Don't worry about the love situation. It'll handle itself in a few years and then move on with, Again, a Hall of Famer who you know is going to keep you in the mix of Super Bowls for the next four years. Jeff, I need a quick answer on this one. Where does this rank among Tom Brady's best Super Bowl runs? Oh, man. Got to be top two or three. I mean, mm-hmm. this, is just, this is just remarkable. And when I tell you how impressive it is when people have this GOAT conversation and mini GOAT and all that kind of stuff, man, trash conversation, Jay. Hey, this dude, he has freaking done it for – this is his 10th, and he's about to play his 20th game of this season. He's 40-whatever years old. I need avocado ice cream, baby. I need to get on that plane. I need to be doing, I need to be doing what he's doing, bro. <laughs> and, avocado of course, whatever you're doing, according to the TB12 diet, don't eat any strawberries or mushrooms. That's totally off the list. Avocado ice cream is on the Just list. Just eat an avocado, <laughs> man. Yeah. Jeff, I appreciate you taking down that North Carolina Tar Heel <laughs> helmet, though. I appreciate you not showcasing that in the shot today. Thank you. Oh, it'll be back. It'll be back. Don't you worry. <laughs> that Duke Carolina rivalry never ends, though we've got to end it here with Jeff. Jeff, thanks for joining us this morning. We really appreciate it. Thanks, fellas. Y'all be thanks, well. Uh-huh. You got it. On the way, the king of the NBA, inspired by the king of the NFL. That is next. Tuesday, Chris Collinsworth will be among my guests as we continue to examine the fallout from Championship Sunday and look ahead to the Super Bowl. That's with me, Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Here we go from A to Z with the NFL at the forefront. Tom Brady's parents battled COVID. It's something we didn't really know about until yesterday when Tom Brady Sr. went on Mike Greenberg's radio show and said it was pretty darn serious. How serious? Here's Tom's father with the details. When the season started this year, I was in the hospital with COVID for, for almost three weeks, and my wife was sick with COVID at the same time. We didn't even see the first two games of the year. I, it's the first two games I've ever missed in his career because I was sick as a dog, and, and my wife was sick as a dog. Unbelievable. Wow. Great admission. Honest, courageous admission, and Brady was battling through that privately. This morning, Greeny is going to have Mike Holmgren and Chris Collinsworth on his show at 10 a.m. Eastern on many of these ESPN radio stations streaming on ESPN Plus as well. And I mentioned the king of the NBA garnering some inspiration from the king of the NFL. That, of course, would be LeBron and Tom Brady, respectively. LeBron and the Lakers with the win over the Cavs in Cleveland, not too far from Akron, of course, LeBron's hometown. LeBron talked about being home. And being inspired by you-know-who. Home cooking, you know. You get an opportunity to see your mom and get a home-cooked meal. Um, saw my uncle. Um, just felt good to be back in my, you know, in my, in, my, in my haven, my rest haven, you know, and that's being, you know, being home. So, you know, and also, you know, obviously, you know, you can inspire watching the greats play and, you know, seeing Brady, see the things that he did with that team. Um, that inspired me as well, but I just felt pretty good. I just felt pretty good. I mean, as I have the whole season, I've been getting better and better as each game goes on and um, felt good from the beginning and just trying to keep it going. Yeah, he had 46 and a 115-108 win. Of course, his mom, you know how close he is with his mom. His mom's his hero and his sports hero is Tom Brady. For Packers fans, their hero, of course, is Aaron Rodgers, hoping he goes nowhere. Just minutes ago on our program, just minutes ago, Jeff Saturday, the ESPN NFL analyst, the Super Bowl champion, the center for Peyton Manning, joined us and essentially said for Rodgers and the Packers to part ways, it would have to go to this extreme measure. He's going to have to show me he's willing to retire. The, the one thing that goes against Aaron that, that, like you said, Deshaun has the advantage is age. Right. I mean, I mean, you're talking about Deshaun Watson being one of the youngest and, and best quarterbacks in our game who, you know, on the landscape of the whole has many, many more good years, barring some catastrophic injury. Right. From Rogers perspective, it's 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 not that the upside as as strong as it is for the next four or five years. Once you kind of get past that, you don't have that same leverage. So that's what he says it's going to take. I mean, that seems that seems almost unfathomable. He's 37. He's still slinging it like nobody's slinging it. He's not going to hang it up. Well, he, he's why, why does it seem unfathomable? Zubin? If he were, I mean, he's not going to hang you're, it up. You're the you're Vegas reti- guy. If I give you 100,000 to one odds that Aaron Rodgers is going to retire, would you take that bet? Yeah, but he's not retiring in order to actually retire. He's retiring in order to try to get to a different team, correct? 
He's retiring. Could do that. He, he's using the threat of retiring exactly to get to another team. Um, I mean, it's all it's all sorts of. Why do I have to be the strategic guy to, <laughs> to do this? But it's all sorts of ways to orchestrate the moves to get you moved. There's all sorts of little devious ways that you could get yourself moved if you so desire. One of them is. I'll just stay home and retire. I made $300 million in my career. I don't care. I'll just stay home. You go ahead out there with Jordan Love if you choose to do so. Your ass would be fired next year. And so you have to think about those things when you're a front office guy and you're a head coach. And if Aaron Rodgers is truly done with your organization, then you don't want to devalue the asset. Right now he probably could get a first round, second round, first of this, a, a, a one and a two. Or maybe two ones, depending on who is out there. His age isn't the issue. It's his salary cap number. And does Green Bay want to absorb the hit that they would get by moving Aaron Rodgers? That That's the key. Because you could take Aaron Rodgers over the next four to five years, and you good. You still good next four to five years. That's good for a first-round pick. Easy. And teams would do that in a heartbeat. His salary is is... is High, but it's going to be higher whether it's in Green Bay or somewhere else. Um, but Carson Palmer, if you remember, when he was with the Cincinnati Bengals, he threatened to retire before he got moved to the Oakland Raiders. But he didn't retire. He threatened to retire. And eventually, Hugh Jackson at the time traded for Carson Palmer in, in, in Oakland because he had him in Cincinnati, so he had some familiarity with him. So you could you could do it a million different ways. Trent Williams set out until the end of the season, came in, and then got moved to San Francisco. I mean, I could go far back as Joey Galloway. Set out to the last six games of the year, was eventually moved to the Dallas Cowboys for two first-round picks. I mean, it's just all – it's all about what the player wants to do, Zubin and Jay. Once the player makes his mind up, and I've said a thousand times, he's going to get moved. But I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is even there yet. I mean, yeah. you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers tell him, you better take a receiver in every damn pick we got in the draft, and I don't want to hear nothing else about nobody else. Because I would do that. if I, I would say, man, I got to get Devontae Adams some help and myself. I need to get another tight end, three more receivers. I mean, I, I, I do. St. Brown is cool, but I don't need him as my third guy. I don't give a damn how much it costs. Move him to the left. I mean, Kia, to be a fly on the wall for that first conversation between Matt LaFleur uh, and Aaron Rodgers, that would be a dream come true for I mean, to be able to hear how that conversation goes and to see how Aaron actually handles that, because I think that, con- that first conversation is so pivotal to the long-term play for Aaron Rodgers. No doubt. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The only thing I would say about Trent, whatever level of animosity there was between Joey Galloway or Aaron Rodgers, Trent Williams really thought his health was on the line, being with the Washington oh, Redskins, right? I mean, no, that's a yeah, huge no, thing. Yeah, but he didn't want to deal with – the whole point is he didn't want to deal with the organization. They played games with his health. He didn't want to deal with the organization, so it was time to move. No doubt. Mel Kuyper's mock draft about to drop. Wait till you see who he's got at number two.